Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. I'm glad that you are listening to the podcast. Um, the Bears got smoked on the lakefront. There's there's almost nothing positive to talk about from this game. I'll give you the one positive. They seem to have made a really good move bringing in Correll Patterson. He's a great special teams player and has been a bonus on offense. And that's going to wrap up the positive things to talk about about the Bears after their 36 to 25 loss to New Orleans. That score doesn't even reflect what really happened in the game. You saw it. I saw it. For the second week in a row, the Bears' defense got manhandled. With Oakland, you could make the excuse of, well, I mean, they are 340 pounds. There's the the traveling. There's all the stuff that you could say. Noah Keem Hicks is a big deal. I've been trying to tell people all week that that's, that's a thing. This isn't just some bum This is an excellent player, and an excellent player paired with an even better player in Khalil Mack means a destructive force on defense. And what you saw was New Orleans say, we're going to run it right down your throat. We're going to run it in the A-gap, and there's not a damn thing that you can do about it. And they did with their backup running back. I said on the show on Friday, Latavius Murray, I still think, has some juice left, and he proved it. He proved that he still got something left in the tank. Explain to me how a team that is preparing to play an offense that is missing three out of their top four players. Drew Brees, not playing. Alvin Kamara, not playing. Cook, not playing. Michael Thomas was playing. He should have been the focal point of the Bears defense, and he still got his. 11 targets, 9 catches, 131 yards for Michael Thomas. So you would think, you would think that if the Bears were, were, okay, we'll let Michael Thomas get his, but we won't let anyone else get theirs. Latavius Murray, 27 carries for 119 yards and two touchdowns. They gave up 150 yards of rushing, an average of 4.3 yards per carry, to the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater lit them up. I said this on television. And I'll say it to you right here. See, because on the TV show, I'm there to set things up for the experts. I got a great group of guys over at NBC Sports Chicago. They have a lot of football experience. They know more about the game than I do. So I try to let them do their thing. I felt like today's show called for someone who is looking at it from the perspective of covering a team and some of the nonsense that we heard afterwards and and point out some of the biggest issues that are going on with this team, like the fact that this is now twice under Matt Nagy that after a bye, you have not made corrections. Now, I get that they went on and had an incredible season and won 12 games. Last season is over, and it's why I try to explain to people that you don't win championships based off of what last year's performance was. That's why I kept bringing up the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Minnesota Vikings, because if we went back to 2017, 
Those are the two teams that people expected to be in the Super Bowl, and neither one of them made the playoffs. And the Bears are heading in that direction. The Bears were really lucky when it came to injuries last year. They are no longer lucky in that regard. And you are seeing that depth doesn't equal talent just because you have guys. And some of those guys have played okay when they're rotating in. The concept of next man up is such a fallacy. Because if the next man up is replacing a player that's Pro Bowl slash all pro worthy. That next man was the next man because he's not as good. And you saw that from the Bears defensive front today in the middle of their defensive line. Them just get pushed around yet again by an offensive line. You want to neutralize Khalil Mack? Run the ball up the middle. Hard for him to make plays from the end over there. And they did it. New Orleans came in and they scouted the crap out of the Bears. You know how I know? Because they blocked two punts. Bears special teams. I know that Patterson had the return touchdown and people wanted to act like that's the only thing that mattered. Their special team sucks. You shouldn't have two blocked punts in a season. They had it in a game. There's so much bad all the way around the football field for the Bears. And look, as I've gotten older, I joke about this all the time. 27-year-old me, not subtle. This would be the type of podcast or show, I, well, not podcast, when I was 27, that was barely a thing, that you open the microphone and you rage, and that's it. I don't really do that anymore. But I felt like this occasion called for it. There's a lot of BS being shoveled at Hallis Hall by the head coach of this team. And it needs to be called out. The quarterback's not good. There's raw material there, but he doesn't seem to be able to pull it all together. And it leads to bigger questions about what ends up happening at the end of this year and at the end of this run and whether or not the GM should be allowed to pick another quarterback after giving $20 million to Mike Glennon and then moving picks to trade up one spot to draft a quarterback who does not elevate the play of his teammates. That's what we're talking about. If you were the number two pick in the draft, you were supposed to at times be able to elevate your teammates. You're playing against a backup quarterback. Now, granted, I think Teddy Bridgewater is good enough to start in a lot of places. He is starter quality, but he hasn't started in a long time outside of this season. And your quarterback was way worse than him a quarterback who has recovered from a horrific injury, who was playing without the best weapons. He had Michael Thomas, and that was it. And they were able to to make things work. Are the Bears going to cover that tight end hill? He's still running wide open, and the Bears had no answers for it. 
You can talk to me about time and possession all you want. Well, the Bears' defense was tired because it was on the field because of three and outs. They can get off the field, and they didn't. They allowed for the New Orleans Saints to carve them up with Teddy Bridgewater and Michael Thomas. That's what they allowed. Michael Thomas is a top-flight receiver. He's all they had. Going into this game, you would circle Michael Thomas once you found out Kamara was not there. You go, okay, no cook either? Oh, okay, I think I've got our game plan. And they just took it to the Bears for 60 minutes. Next year, when we look back on this game, like, oh, it wasn't that bad. It was 36-25. They got their asses kicked, period. And this is now the second time that that's happened. How in the world do, do you coming off a bye give that performance? You're coming off a loss. Two weeks to think about it. Two weeks to self-scout. You're playing at home against a backup quarterback. And that was the performance that you got from the team. It is troubling how bad they were in every single facet of the game. This was a three-phase failure. Everyone had a, a, a hand in this disaster on the leg front. Everyone. The coach did not have them prepared. And I'm starting to get worried about what it is that he does when he has time to prepare for things. The fact that after that whooping that you got from the Raiders offensive line, that you you couldn't figure out how to be more stout. You couldn't get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. Sacked once. They've given you, the Raiders gave you the cheat code. I don't know if the Chargers are good enough to pull it off, but they gave you the cheat code. Run the ball up the middle, get the ball out fast. Try to neutralize Khalil Mack by running the ball up the middle. And then when you do want to try and go downfield, you double and you triple team him to neutralize him because now you don't have to worry about the middle of the defensive line anymore because Akeem Hicks is in there. How do you come off a bye and look like that? How do you self-scout? How do you look at yourself in the mirror and say that we did an effective job of self-scouting? I heard Matt Nagy say, and if I hear him say it one more time, I'm going to lose it. We had a good week of practice. Your practices are trash. We heard all about your practices leading into the season, too. That's why you didn't need to play people in the regular in the preseason because your practices were so fiery. And they brought out the lights and they surprised everyone with a practice at night. And then you came out and played Green Bay in week one. And what happened? The Bears think that they're good enough to give games away. Last year, they were. This year, not so much. I know what they're going to tell you over the next week, and be prepared for it. We were 3-3 last year. It feels different, though, doesn't it? 
feels different without Akeem Hicks on the field, doesn't it? Your offensive line is struggled in the run game. But beyond that, you have a head coach that clearly doesn't want to run the ball. Listening to Matt Nagy at the end of, of his during his press conference today put me on 10 because his logic train is off the tracks. Listen to what he says about running the ball. This, this is his philosophy on why there was a split. There's a question of the run-pass breakdown in the first half where they ran the ball five times and they threw it 23. This is what the coach said about that. Yeah, I really, I really thought our our run game would be better. You know, the attempts wise, I don't know our numbers uh, in, as far as total plays in the first half, but um, you know, the run game early on, just not not a lot there. So then you go to, to throwing the ball a little bit, got a little bit going, and and then you know, the the start of the third quarter, we had a, a, a fumble, and just you just say, you know, it's just is it it's just one of those one of those days. But it's for us, it's been one of those weeks. But here's the thing. You didn't get a little bit going with your pass game. Again, they ran the ball five times in the first half. Four eleven yards. He's right. They didn't do an effective job running the ball. You know what else they didn't do effectively? Passing it in the first half. They threw the ball 23 times for 78 yards. Don't tell me that that's production. That's word salad gobbledygook, man. You just didn't want to run it for whatever reason. And if the reason is that you've looked, you've done the self-scouting and found out that you can't run the ball, fine. But don't act as if your pass game is going to be that much better when it's clearly not. Nagy went on to say this about the run game and how he determines pass versus run. Yeah, early on, um, we weren't getting, again, we were 0-1-2 and two on our yards running the ball. It, it's, it goes... It's really simple math. As a play caller, when it's second and nine and second and ten and second and eight, um, you know, and you're moving the ball, throwing it, you're getting first downs, throwing it, that's what the objective is, is to get first down. So I don't care if I have to throw the ball 60 times a game. If that's what's going to help us uh, win a game or if I have to run it 60 times, I don't care. I want productive plays. Here's some simple math for you. You got four first downs in the first half. You threw it 23 times. Your average per pass play, your yards per pass play were three and a half yards. Don't tell me that you were producing in the pass game, and that's why it was so easy for you to abandon the run. It's nonsense. I don't know what game he's watching or trying to talk about the simple math of it, The math is that on third down, with you trying to pass in those situations, you were one in seven. You you got 14% of those plays right. You had 81 net yards at the half. You know how many New Orleans had? 170. Don't tell me that your pass game was so on point in the first half that you just had to keep passing the ball. You have to try and run it. You have to try. And we're not seeing production from anyone in the run game. I get that. I understand where he's coming from to a certain extent. 
but his logic is faulty and convoluted. David Montgomery fumbles in this game. You have guys fumbling the ball. Anthony Miller, and I'm not sure if Anthony Miller knows what he's doing. I do know that the quarterback and the head coach threw him under the bus when it comes to his route running. And if he's that bad, and this has been a thing with him since last year, why is he active? Why is he playing? If you can't trust him to do what he's supposed to do, why is he playing? The other thing I'll say, and listening to Mitchell Trubisky talk after the game about how things didn't work and how on on particular play to Anthony Miller – he talks about how he doesn't, how stuff doesn't look like the same that it looks in practice. It's not supposed to. Some of the stuff you're going to be like, oh, I recognize that look and do it. The play that he's talking about is that overthrow of Miller. And I'm sitting there with Matt Forte, and Matt goes, well, yeah, I understand the route that he was supposed to run, but there was a defender to the outside. So he tried to find room. My issue with Mitch is that. He sometimes doesn't see the forest for the trees. That in situations where he can throw to the man, he throws to the spot. Yes, your guy's not where you thought he would be on that play, and you're not supposed to trick the quarterback. But if he has to adjust his route, and in that adjustment he's open, throw him the ball. See the receiver and throw to the man. And too often, he's not capable of doing this. There's a reckoning, reckoning that's going to come along with at the end of this season if things don't turn around when it comes to the quarterback position for the Bears. It's not getting better, and in fact, it's getting worse. I asked my guys today, and I'll ask you the same question. Since the end of last year, name me the Bears' offensive player Who's gotten better? I'll wait. Go ahead. Who's the offensive player that got better since last year? Robinson's fully healthy now, so he's kind of a the only answer that you can make. Tariq Cohen has disappeared. Anthony Miller is, according to the quarterback and head coach, not running routes properly. Adam Shaheen is a wasted pick. James Daniels doesn't get leverage as a center. Cody Whitehair is not doing as well as a guard. Kyle Long is on IR, and before he was on IR, he was bad. Charles Leno has more penalties this year than he had last year already. David Montgomery, you just got him. He hasn't done anything. I might be able to make a case for Javon Wims. But go down the list of players on the Bears' offense and you tell me who's gotten better under Matt Nagy. The Bears have a lot of soul-searching to do over the next week. And I don't know if any of it is going to be satisfactory and maybe they get a win against a very underachieving and often bad and the way that they lost on Sunday was comical San Diego Chargers team. But you have an offense that doesn't work and a head coach who's supposed to be an offensive mastermind who can't figure it out. 
The Bears can talk about 2018 all they want. But my rebuttal to them is everything's on tape. And once the league figured out some things, you have not figured out a way to counterpunch. And that's what good and great coaches do. So it's on Nagy. And it's on the rest of these guys, too. I don't want to let the players off the hook. The defensive performance today was pitiful. And I'm not going to give them the out of, well, they were on the field a lot. Are they a dominant defense or no? Are they one of the best defenses you've ever seen or no? Because dominant defenses don't get dog walked by a backup quarterback and one elite player. They don't allow guys that just got signed off the street to make plays against them. And what does Chris Tabor do, the special teams coordinator? What does he do? You got a special returner, a four-phase special team player in Patterson. The Saints clearly saw something in your punt formation that was that they could attack up the middle. And they exploited it multiple times, coming away with two blocks and a safety. That's how your post-buy scripted first 15 looked. You came out there. After the kickoff, you went three and out. Your punter has to go back and save a touchdown by knocking the ball out of the back of the end zone. And then you get another punt blocked later on in the game. Don't tell me you had a great week of practice because it clearly wasn't as great as a week of practice as what the Saints had because they had your number. And guess what? They only had one week to prepare for you. You had two weeks to prepare for them, and that was the effort that you gave. I'll have more on the radio show, noon to two all week this week. These are dark days, man. These are this, That was a poor performance that followed up a poor performance. I appreciate you indulging me. We're going to get after it all week. We're going to break down everything we can about the way this team looked. It was pathetic. And they have a lot of work to do. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'll talk to you tomorrow.